Hi, this is Lisa and Jules here to talk to you about our summer book club. We are going to reread all of the Harry Potter books. This was Jules's idea because she is brilliant. <laughs> and what we would really like is for you guys to get in touch with us. Um, as we go through, we'd like you for you to reread with us and then let us know your thoughts as you re-encounter these books. Or if there are any that you haven't read before, if you're coming to them for the first time. If you have questions, if you have headcanons that you need the world to know. Well, I was going to say on the air, but we're never actually on the air. We're going <laughs> to live the on the recording. Through the tubes. Through the tubes. We're going to put them right into the tubes and shoot them back <laughs> out. So, yeah. Uh, you can let us know in the usual spots. We're on Twitter and Tumblr at Britches Podcast. Um, and you can email us at info at com, Or you can comment on any of our previous episodes, although it might be a little difficult for us to find it there. So you email is probably your best bet. Yes. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys and talking Harry Potter with you this summer. You're listening to Bossy Britches with Lisa Schinninger and Julia DeMay. Talking about what is new on Netflix and what is leaving. Uh, so, Jules, I took a quick glance and I see a couple of things that I'm going to recommend people watch before the end of the month. What do you what do you see that's leaving that people need to jump on? Leaving? Well, sadly, I'm too late to tell you all to go watch Tank Girl, um, which oh, you, no. I guess you're probably some, a lot of people are probably going to be grateful for. Um, but <laughs> I, I watched that movie probably on reflection. I was a little too young to be watching it, but, um, I, I realized the first time I watched it as an adult, like years and years and years since I'd last seen it, I was like, whoa, I had not appreciated how much this uh kind of shaped my shaped my preferences for stories um wow so you can probably get it for cheap um although i i again i don't know that it's really worth paying for i i can't be objective about it um (laughs) but it has malcolm mcdowell being an amazing villain just kind of chewing the scenery and a really really young naomi watts who's like unrecognizable um she's brunette and nerdy and hiding behind glasses and greasy hair the whole time. Uh, so that's fun. Um, it just, it's ridiculous. And, uh, probably it's one of those things that explains a lot about me. So if you find it somewhere <laughs> cheap, give it a try or just wait for it to come back to Netflix, whichever. I'm sure it'll be back. I, I think the stuff that goes away on June 1st, like my suspicion is they get picked up by the cheapo movie channels. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's always my guess, because I, I feel like I go looking for something on Netflix that's not there, and then I immediately see it on, like, Encore. Oh, I bet you're right. So, yeah. So that might be... Um, I, w- I have only seen parts of Tank Girl, but I remember it was a really uh, formative movie experience for a lot of my friends. So oh, I, yes. Good. Good. I'll be watching for I it. feel I'll less alone. I'll-, <laughs> I'll check Encore for it this afternoon. Nice. Um, so something that I see is going away um, that I think people should check out, not because I think it's a fantastic, amazing, wonderful <laughs> movie, um, but because it was a really enjoyable uh, kind of brainless action thing. Um, it's Jack Reacher with Tom oh, Cruise. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not great. It's, uh, but it was a good, it was a good waste of a couple of hours. All right. Um, it was pretty. He's... 
you know, for all the problems that I have with Tom Cruise and the choices that Tom Cruise makes, um, <laughs> he is just an enjoyable actor to watch. He's mm-hmm. always like he gives everything to his movies. Um, yeah. Even if he's not the right choice for it sometimes. Jack Reacher is based on a novel. And in the novel, I believe Jack Reacher is like six foot five, <laughs> 250 pounds. Oh. Like, a very physically imposing presence. Oh, poor Tom and then Cruise. in the movie, it's Tom Cruise, <laughs> um, who can also be a physically imposing presence, but in a much different way. Um, yeah, so in a very, make a, very you make a, give him a wide berth because you don't want that grin coming at you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really fun movie. Um, it's got a great supporting cast and uh, some genuine tension, which is sometimes hard to find. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's why that leaves at the end of the month. So if you're looking for something to do over a, a lazy weekend, I would recommend checking that out. And then something else I'm going to say is going away only because it gives me the excuse to talk about something else. <laughs> uh, Donnie Brasco leaves at the end of June. Oh yeah, um, which is I I haven't seen it in a very long time, but it's a solid mob story uh, with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp before Johnny Depp went completely insane. Um. <laughs> But that gives me an an opening to tell you that I started watching Lilyhammer. Yes. Oh, I gosh. Love it so yes. Much. Oh my gosh. Sorry, Stephen Van Zant. I'm sorry for shouting guy. there, but oh. and Jules has told us about this so many times, and I finally, uh, my sister was with my dad, and my dad was like, "I'm going to watch this on Netflix," and they watched literally nothing else for like a whole day. <laughs> They just watched Lily Hammer. Yes. I checked it out and it's amazing. He's uh he's in the witness protection program and he's relocated to Lillehammer. And the reason he picks it was because when he watched the Olympics set there years and years ago, he thought it was so beautiful. <laughs> so that's the first place he wants to yes. go. Yes. It's amazing. Stephen Van Zant is so funny. He's basically playing Silvio. He's great. Um, Oh, yes. Right? And he's like, Which just like Silvio's airlifted out of the Sopranos yes. and dropped into Norway. <laughs> Which they've also openly said. They're like, yeah, I think Steve was cast on Sopranos because like David Chase saw him doing a yeah. speech at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and was like, yes, get that guy. That guy needs to audition. Um, yeah. Like they've said, basically, that's just him playing himself. So, That's amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. And then you can also feel him in the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack is really, really great. Um, a lot of like garage rock. Kind oh, of yeah. Sound. Yeah, he so does. I, you His definitely can feel him throughout. It's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Love it. So that's my other recommendation, even though it's technically not leaving or new. Is everybody get on yes. Lily Hammer? Jules was totally yes. right. Yes. Yes. Um, are there any other new to Netflix things that you see that you've seen that you're excited um, looking forward to? Let's see. Oh wait, I'm looking at the leaving list. Uh, let's see. Oh, I... Beyond the Lights is coming toward the end oh, of the month. Oh, we talked about right. that on a previous episode. The yeah, great movie. I never did get around to seeing that, so that's good. Oh, it's perfect. Excellent. Yeah, there's not a lot that's really jumping out at me this month. Um, in terms of new arrivals, I'm like, ugh, my. My mom is looking for a new TV show, and I think she tried um, Agents of Shield, and is kind mm-hmm. of starting on that. So she'll be she'll be pleased to have more of that to watch because she gets really mad when there's only like a short, a couple of short yeah. seasons. Speaking of, um, duh, one she's particularly angry about in that regard at the moment is House of Cards. 
Mm-hmm. So um, she's so really short. mad, yeah, that there's <laughs> only three seasons, which we've just gobbled up. Speaking of yeah. other Netflix series that are neither new nor uh, nor really um, leaving anytime <laughs> soon, but yeah, but which to which we are addicted. Yes. Um, speaking of uh, Orange is the New Black, the new season drops this month. Yes. Uh, already blocking off their calendars to sit and watch <laughs> nothing but Orange is the New Black because fantastic news Larry is not in it yay they dropped Larry yay no more Larry that's amazing because <laughs> every like the internet so rarely agrees on anything but it agreed apparently <laughs> from what I could tell on Larry yeah, the, the internet rose up as one and said Jesus Christ get rid of Larry nice. um, and so they did and we're very 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 excited about that um, I other than that, yeah. there isn't really much. Um, that new the new Wachowskis Netflix show, which is kind of strange. Um, I don't think they've done TV before. There, yeah, it's just opened last weekend. Uh, Sense Eight just dropped. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by it. I've heard from yeah. what I've heard, every everybody I've heard talk about it has been like, it's so weird, but I kind of really like it. So yeah, I'm not entirely that's, sure what's going on, but I'm enjoying it, which is... That's kind of our wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. So really get it, really into it. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Let's check that also, out. Also, this is and not... Then, this. Yeah, this is not on Netflix, but speaking of the Wachowskis, Jupiter Ascending is now on video. Yes. So you all should go and see that. Um, FYI, you should get that. So I, I wasn't kidding when I said we may do a full length Jupiter ascending episode now at this point. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, we, I got the, I got the Blu-ray and watched it that night. And nice. then, yeah. So I'm ready for that anytime you are. Um, yes. Excellent. So those are our recommendations for Netflix for this month. And we're also always going to recommend, um, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, because uh, we love it, even though it's got some problems. And uh, we're actually going to... Uh, next up, we've got a little bit of an episode for you where we talk about Kimmy Schmidt and some of the issues that we had with it with a special guest. So we hope you enjoy that. And we will ba- be back with you later this week. So enjoy, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Hi, you're listening to Bossy Britches with Lisa Schinniger and Julia Dumay, and this week we are joined by a very special guest, Mindy Barraza Corral. Hi, Mindy. Hi, everybody. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yo, we're so glad to have you on. Um, and actually, I kind of attacked you on Twitter when I saw you say <laughs> something, and I was like, "Do you want to come talk about that?" Yes. Um, today we're talking about um the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I, it's not the unbreakable. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and some of the issues that we had with the show that we didn't really see um, get addressed very often. Uh, it seems like everybody just kind of unabashedly loved it. And then as the weeks went on, there started to be more of a critical response, specifically into uh, the way that race takes part mm. in the show. Um, and Mindy, you had had some criticisms on Twitter as you were watching. So that was why we wanted to have you come on. Can you just in a nutshell, like, what do you guys see? Like, is there anything that they did right? And what do you think that they did wrong? Well, I think the overall thing that you could kind of see what they were going for, like they were Mm. trying to actually say something about race and, uh, you know, have a criticism of how other media treats race. But I just Mm -hmm. feel that it was done in such a clumsy and lazy way. Yeah. Um, that it did not achieve what they wanted it to. And I actually had some ideas, you know, after watching the show of, 
oh man, if they had only just done this one thing different, or you know,、mm-hmm. done this, it would have been perfect, or it would have done something actually, you know, poignant with、uh, with the idea, especially with Dong's character.、Um, so I think that's kind of what I took away from it. I felt that it wasn't mean spirited. I didn't feel that they were. Purposely trying to do something terrible, but it was just lazy and clumsy, and just kind of fell through. Yeah, yeah. there was、uh, Arthur Chu, the Jeopardy champion, who also turns out to be this really fantastic voice for、um, uh, social justice warriors, as people keep getting tagged who don't want to be dickheads. <laughs> Skeletons!、Um, <laughs> I like. Oh, shout out! Quick shout out! I my life has been saved by the SJW to skeleton plugin for my browser, which just takes、oh, any utterance of the term SJW and converts it to skeleton. And I don't know why. Like I'd heard of it for weeks and weeks before I actually installed, gave up, and was like, "Screw it! I'm in, I can't take it anymore." I don't know why because I was like in my head, I you know before I installed it, I was like, "Well." Okay, but I still know what it rep, what it's, what the actual word is. Why would that work? But for some reason, it just totally like helps me to not engage at all. It just、That's、clicks、so、in my brain. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I I don't have to engage with this person. It's just an immediate signal to me. I I yes. So that's gonna be rec- my recommendation for this okay, week. Spoiler alert. Okay. Sjw to skeleton. I love it. Sorry to jump in there. That's okay. No, yes. That's amazing. So so head skeleton. Uh, very vocal skeleton. <laughs> yes. Too. He wrote an article, and I、oh, we'll link it in the show notes where he talked about that same thing about how you could see what they were attempting to do. They were trying to be subversive and make a point about. The treatment of race, but they just didn't go far enough.、Um, like your, if your joke is just kind of like, oh,、uh, lazy Asian stereotype. That's not actually doing anything. Like there's no function behind that. It's just you're just using the joke. Like,、um, you, his name means penis, and her name <laughs> means penis, and that's like funny, but it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. When your character is then just a walking stereotype. Yeah, you know, and that that that's the word you both have used. The number one word I would choose, which is lazy,、mm-hmm. and it's just, and it it's you know I because I'm like you know honestly, in addition to them being the the things. The missteps being offensive in and of themselves, they're also just offensive to me as a bit of a comedy nerd. Because I'm like, really, Tina Fey? Like, what year is it that you think Asian character named Dong is funny? <laughs> like, is that? Su- I'm sorry, you're telling me. Like, what year is it that that's supposed to be fresh? Yeah. Um. And well, yeah, like, like Long yeah. Duck Dong is like 30 years old at this point. As, like, yeah. His character, like, that is not. Like, that's come not、on. anything fresh. Like that's、Just、a joke that's、on. been told a million times. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, try and do something new. And if it、mm-hmm. fails, then it fails, and you know that's its own problem. But at least try something new. Well, for I wonder if、sake. that's if that's why they went the safe route because originally this was supposed to be for NBC and NBC passed and Netflix、mm. picked it up.、Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to go a little edgier than they would have been able to do on on NBC, presumably. Although. I think Thirty Rock got into some things sometimes that yeah would have been a better fit for this show.、Um, but like, I wonder if that's if that was the fear. Like, if you take it too far, like if you push the joke too far,、um, what does the backlash look like? Because we know、mm. we live in a backlash culture now,、mm. um, where any risk that you take is immediately jumped upon.、Um, <laughs> yeah. But then any risk that you don't take is immediately jumped upon as well. So I wonder if that was. If there was some hesitance there, or if it's just a fact of just lazy, like oh, this is good enough, because they did. Say, I think the show does some、um, 
some good things with like uh the white white and black dynamic like I think, yeah i yeah. think it pushes the envelope enough um that it becomes critical uh and it's not just lazy and just i love titus so much as a character he is like, the best yeah. character i've seen in such a long time right? i like so, i mean he's, he's so basically nuanced. it's unbelievable yeah well he is I like that he's basically the same character he played a couple, like two or three times in cameos on Thirty Rock. Still <laughs> Juan, yeah. and um, but they, you know, that character alone was like kind of you know a gay stereotype. Um, mm-hmm. But it was cool to see they've really like actually having him as a main character. They've managed to give him a lot more depth, and I think they've started to do that with Dong sort of mm-hmm. towards the end like they seem to be kind of actually giving him a character and an arc and something that is not just well he's really studious and his name means penis um, right. it's just I like I'm willing to see whether they manage to sort of counterbalance it a bit because um, I and yeah it just I'm willing to to see if they are going to do anything better with it hopefully um but i'm also not convinced completely sure that they will so well you know what if i can share i will tell you guys what my ideal perfect dream dong (laughs) haha would have been (laughs) yes (laughs) so i was actually thinking about this you know that they went there with a storyline about him being worried about being deported and yeah as Mm -hmm. coming from an immigrant background in like I mean, I can share this now because I'm a U.S. citizen, but my family, like, I was not, quote unquote, legal for, like, the longest time. I didn't become a resident until I was, um, I think I was 18 or 19 years old, and I didn't become a citizen until I was, I I think it was when I was turned, when I had turned 26. And Mm -hmm. so you do live with this, this fear, this really intense fear where, like, for me, like, I am very white passing. Yeah. In terms of like the way that I look, um, mm-hmm. the fact that I have no accent whatsoever, uh, unless you count having like an Arizonan accent as an accent, <laughs> um, it's very flat, you know, and people don't assume or they don't think that I'm Hispanic. And what I wish they would have done with Dong's character is, you know, he could have easily been Kimmy's tutor, like great at math and everything else. But if they would have mm-hmm. gone with the actor's actual speaking voice and had it so that okay yeah you're a model minority and you're growing up and then the reveal is oh by the way he's actually you know quote unquote an illegal immigrant or undocumented however Mm. you want to say it um and had that intense fear because it's like you're hiding all of the time it's not that obvious Mm. like oh i have an accent and i don't even have a gd and i you know live in this chinese restaurant whatever um i feel that would have been such a great thing to see because you don't see it i don't think i've ever seen that on a show and i think you know that's even as you're saying that i'm stunned because like i ended up talking with somebody briefly it was one of those moments on twitter where somebody you really like retweets you and you're really proud i'm like had a little interaction with a cartoonist i really like who mentioned his like love-hate relationship with this show based on that he and i said you know it's such a the race issues are such a weird like sour note because in many ways this is the trauma narrative i have always wanted to see and that would be just a 
that that storyline you've come up with, Mindy, is would just be such a stunning compliment to that about living with fear, and it would just be such a great way to to gently sort of reinforce the show's story, the yeah. you know the central yeah. theme of the show of the things people survive and the ways that ordinary people deal with terrible things. Well, and it would also tie in. I think, um, in a better version of Jacqueline's story. Um, yeah. I think that's another, we haven't really talked oh, about that before. Gosh, yeah. That's a place where it really falls down. And I've seen, um, reaction that goes both ways from, uh, Native American communities. And I'm going to mm-hmm. link one of the articles in the show notes, uh, actually two of them, um, where like on the one hand, like when do you ever get a storyline like this where, um, like issues of identity about like how native Americans mm-hmm. assimilate are assimilated into culture into white culture. Um, like that's not a story that we ever see on television. Mm. Um, except if you're watching like red road, which nobody did. Um, <laughs> and I don't even know if that's the name of it. So like on the one hand, it's like really great to see that that's a story that's actually happening. But on the other hand, the way that they, the way that they handled it. Mm, yeah. Is so terrible. Um, you know, yeah. there's oh, a story. Yeah, there's a story about, um, you know, a white passing Native American woman, um, who, you know, is desperately trying to, to remain white passing and then mm. losing contact with her culture and like, how does she get that back? But like, that's not a story I think that should have been played by an actual white actress. Like, yeah, for sure. Or at least not, or at least not Jane Krakowski. Cause yeah. I think I, I love the character she's playing in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. I love, you know, the, I love the, you know, the Jenna Maroney character, but it's not, it was, yeah, that combination was not good. Um, and yeah, I love sort of the, the idea of that story, but it should have been a different actress. Right. You know? Yeah. If, if there's a story you want to talk about, you know, Jane Krakowski, you know, like subverting her own identity, like it's, I don't think making her a member of a Native American tribe is yeah that you go for. Um, Which I is... think it, but like, I think that idea of um, if Dong's story had been, you know, unaccented, um, yeah, hiding in plain sight kind of a thing, like always worried about being deported, uh, like that would have tied better, yeah. I think, with what they were trying to do with um, Jacqueline. But as it stands, I think they're both just kind of like travesties of and like. I... You know, I mean, I think arcs. I think I would have honestly, I would have loved to have seen, um, you know, you could have done a story, you know, the same story with Jacqueline and made her Jewish. I mean, you could have done a really interesting story about um, assimilation with that, mm-hmm. you know, um, you could have, you know, you could have easily done that, uh, that story. But, you know, I feel like they wanted to do. And it almost seems sometimes like that's where they're going. That's where they might have started with that because it was, I'm like, I think there were nose job jokes and, mm-hmm. you know, dyeing her hair and bleaching her hair. I'm like, you could have done the same sort of assimilation story and made it a lot less, a lot less unpleasant just by not going that extra yard and making her Native American. Yeah. And then I... I mean, even aside from, like, the initial, like, oh, God, what, uh, when they revealed mm. that she was Native American, like, then the resolution of her storyline, we see her embracing her culture, but it's in this really, like, stereotypical way, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, I can, I, 
I am at one with nature and all that oh, kind of nice. bullshit that you see in like old shitty westerns. And, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, like that. The uh, just. It's I mean, just so uncomfortable to watch, yeah. right? Like, yeah. You watch all these other horrible things, and you're like, "Oh, that's awful!" You know, I can't believe that that happened to Kimmy, and you know, etc. But then yeah. you watch it, <laughs> or you watch, you know, Jane Krakowski, and you're like. Oh, oh my god yeah Did yeah just do that like yeah, yeah. that really honestly just happen i'm don't i like so uncomfortable and i felt like honestly um like i think that there wasn't that much critical reaction to that specifically about mm. the racial identity because it's so uncomfortable because you know it's so wrong right yeah, yeah. and it's like where do you and especially because like uh media criticism is primarily white people mm. um and i think there's like that uncomfortable like how do i even begin to engage with this yeah because uh, the first one i'm i i can't remember her name she goes by midwest spitfire on twitter and she was actually the first person that i had seen who wrote anything that even touched on jacqueline's story and how problematic it was how much of a problem it was um and i haven't really seen much else that engages with it and it's kind of because you know i wonder if it's because um like, are we so unused to engaging critically with um, narratives about Native Americans? Um, like, do we not even have, like, the toolbox mm. and w with which to say this is a problem and this is why it's a problem? Um, yeah. Like, we do. Because, I mean, we're much more comfortable making those kinds of judgments about, um, like, a Black character. You know, we know immediately when we're seeing something that's not right. But then I think we're not as used to other cultures and mm. pointing those things out and which is a shame because it happens almost every time <laughs> the character from those cultures are used in like a white entertainment well, uh, you know i think one of the things and maybe i'm off the mark here but i think one of the things with discussing especially native americans is that you don't even get the benefit of saying oh well you know slavery was x amount of years ago it's mm -hmm. like we're still screwing over yeah. native americans yeah oh like, yeah i live in arizona you know we have a you know mm. different reses here and there doesn't go by like a week where we don't hear about something new and something awful that's like happening where mm. you know the u.s government is trying to do something yeah. in a reservation that they have no right to do <laughs> like they Ugh. don't have any jurisdiction they don't have any rights and yet here we go you know, NPR story of the day about how, oh, U.S. government's trying to build a road that's going through sacred, like, lands. It's like, right. that's not yours. Like, get out of there. What are you doing? But it's, I mean, it's been such an integral part of this country since before its founding, even. Yeah. Like, it's completely erased. Like, in Ohio here, we don't have a very large Native population. And so those stories are not stories that we ever hear. Mm. Um, and when we do hear them, they're always historical and they're long dead cultures that we mm. can't do anything to help at this point. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I mean, you're saying things like that are happening constantly in Native populations now, but we just aren't even like it's not even surfaced for us. Like, it's so invisible. And, you know, that's part of the problem as well. Like, how can I how do I know that what's happening is not right if i don't even know that it's happening no and like the sad thing is if if you're not looking for the stories or if you're not um i shouldn't say like listening or reading to like the right media but it, like you said they're very hidden um you know they're they're never major stories they're always kind of like uh you know little 
sideline tidbits in between, like talking about foreign affairs. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is happening. And you're just like, how is this happening? And, you know, you want to learn more. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to find some other information if you're not, you know, able to get access to the type of newspapers or, um, you know, like radio programs where they're actually making it a priority to talk about it, you're not going to hear about it. And it's pretty rare um, that you do. Uh, Like recently, one of the big scandals here, I'm going off topic, but one of the big scandals here in uh, in Arizona um, actually involved the res. Um, They had done an election, I think, for their new president. And something had happened where they had decided that they weren't eligible because they didn't have the proper fluency in Navajo. And so they were, you know, they had to like, you know, redo this and stuff like that. And so like you hear little bits and pieces about what's going on in the res, but it might as well be, you know, some remote island in the middle of nowhere because Mm -hmm. you just, you don't get that information until something terrible happens. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is, and that's a good, um, that's an interesting point. I'm, I'm sort of toying around with something you just said a minute ago which is you don't really hear a lot about this unless something terrible happened yeah um and it it brings us back to i think what we were saying a little earlier which is that really could have been a really fantastic story um to have this be a character who is native american in a way that we're not used to and who has a different narrative beyond like being really in tune with nature or the white man took my land or something or you know i don't know some kind of like or some you know beyond the stereotypical stories we usually see native american characters used in Mm -hmm. on tv um and um it wouldn't be about tragedy of like oh this happened a long time ago and white people should feel a little bad about it but not too bad because it was a long time ago right um and about yeah it 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 would be an interesting completely different story that isn't the just like the standard one you see um and yeah that is sort of how i feel a lot about uh the stuff that doesn't quite work for me on that show in general which is like i can see where they were going and either they didn't quite get there sometimes or they went a little too far Mm -hmm. um, sometimes. So I, yeah, like I'm sort of hoping it might get better as they get into a group, but yeah, we'll see. Second season, I think, I think um, Tina Fey has shown and Carlock, Robert Carlock with 30 Rock, they both had shown that Mm -hmm. they are capable of like bringing criticism into their process Mm -hmm. and like, changing the the flow of the narrative a little bit um to sort of course correct so i'm i'm confident that they can do it i just wonder if they're hearing all of that yeah here's Um, hoping one of the things that you mentioned jules um earlier and then in our previous episode is that like this is the trauma narrative that we've been looking for like um like the way that it engages with someone recovering from trauma um is both responsible and compelling and sometimes funny and sometimes horrifying and yeah sometimes just quietly horrifying like in the background yeah um and one of the things about the show that i've been thinking about like as i've been wrestling with these questions about how they treat um, race and ethnicity is um it's also kind of like the identity politics show that i've kind of been waiting for um like where i think Especially the stuff with Titus, um, yeah, who is who's I mean, very from the beginning, very very openly 
uh, who he is, you know, but he also struggles with his identity as the show goes on. The same yeah. way that Kimmy does. She's, you know, resistant mm-hmm. of this label that the outside world has put on her. It's the same thing with Jacqueline. She, you know, remakes herself um, according to what she thinks is going to be the most successful way through life for herself. Um, so I think it's kind of like, I think it's irresponsible in a lot of ways uh, when it engages with those things, but it's also like doing things that I don't think any other show is really doing. Yeah. Um, Which... Like, especially Titus, like the, as ridiculous it is, as it is, you know, I, I'm treated better as a werewolf on the streets of yeah. than I am yep. as a black man, you know, and then learning, going to class to learn how to be straight and like, which is this brilliant skewering of like um, the artificiality of masculinity. <laughs> yeah. That was really fantastic. So like, there's a lot of things that it's doing right. And it's just, the problem is just like the things it's doing wrong are so huge. Like they're hard, hard to avoid. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, cause I don't think, I don't think I've really seen anything about this is um, there's a little, well, it's kind of a joke. It's not really funny, funny as a joke, <laughs> but um, that one of the women who is trapped in the bunker with, mm with the others is an older Hispanic woman. Um, yep. She's Latina. And she spends the entire time down there speaking Spanish. And when she comes back up, she's still speaking Spanish. And one of the very first jokes in the pilot is um, Matt Lauer asks her, you know, down there four years, you didn't learn any English. And she's like, well, these bitches didn't learn Spanish. So, um, <laughs> and that's kind of like, it comes through like the whole show where she clearly knows what's going on and she she actually does understand English, which they is a an effort they never made for her. Mm. Um and then it culminates at the end of the show in uh she reveals that she does speak English and she's out to get what she can, like economically. Like she's <laughs> gonna make some money, she's gonna sell her is it salsa? I don't even it's, remember. It's uh, mole. Mole. Mole and mole. Mole and mole, yeah. Um, which is, I thought, like, I wish that that had been a bigger component mm. of the season about, like, because her experience down there is going to be so much different than these. She was older um, mm-hmm. than the other girls, and she was of a completely different culture, and she was able to act like she didn't understand anything that was happening around her because she had that, like, the difference in language. Uh, when really she did know, she knew exactly what was happening all the time. She knew what everyone was saying. And like, I thought there was something really interesting there, but it never got explored. And she just kind of was like a punchline, which yeah, pretty awful. I'm kind of hoping that they'll expand that maybe in the second season, but I don't hold out much hope. Yeah, yeah and here's I thought that I thought that would have been really great. I mean, I'm... I'm going to say when she said that line about how like, well, these women, you know, they never learned any Spanish. I just started cackling. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. I just like was thinking because um, to be honest, like one of the criticisms that I've gotten actually like said to my face about uh, about my own mother is, you know, your mother has lived in the States for like 20 plus years. How does she not speak any English? (sighs) And I'm like, well, Ugh. you people have lived in Arizona for X amount of years, and you speak no Spanish. And right. in this neighborhood, we all speak Spanish. Like, yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, how, how could you get through that? Well, it's it's like people ask me this, so like expecting some like clear-cut answer about like, Ugh. oh, my mother's trauma or something ridiculous. When <laughs> the truth of it is that as immigrants... We flock to each other. So yeah. we, we, you know, we want to be with our families, with our friends. And when you're in a community where everybody speaks Spanish and you 
don't necessarily need to speak English. And, you know, my mother, you're a stay at home mother. You don't have a lot of contact with people who don't speak Spanish. It just, mm -hmm. it happens. Like my mother was like an accountant, <laughs> but she's not stupid. You know, it's not as if she yeah. kind of learned English. Yeah. It's just that that Why? like level of necessitation wasn't there. On the other right. hand, my father speaks English because he, you know, works outside the house, you know, uh, his company, they speak English, stuff like that. So it's like that idea of, of like needing to come, to conform and needing to do these things. It's like, yes, when you think about it on the surface, it makes sense. Yes, you live in the States, you should probably speak English, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when you're an immigrant and you're working a second shift and you have a five-year-old kid, um, that's not your concern. Your concern yeah. is, okay, how can I find a job, put money on the table and feed and clothe my kid? Not so much right. like, oh man, I need to take classes that I don't have time for and, and things like that. So yeah. like to me, it made sense that, uh, I think her name was Doña Maria and Kimmy Schmidt. I th mm -hmm. It made sense to me that like, that Doña Maria would just be kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm now in this environment where everyone's speaking English. Uh, I need to know what's going on. Of course, she's going to learn the language. Like, of course she is. That's That makes sense. She's it's a touchy issue. Like, I have experience with it. But um, I think what I was saying was that, you know, it made sense to me that Doña Maria would have learned English when you're, I mean, at mm -hmm. that point, she's the only Spanish speaker. Of course, she's going to learn the language. There's nobody else who speaks Spanish there. Obviously, right. she's going to learn it. On the flip side, obviously, the women who spoke English um, in the bunker felt no need to speak Spanish because... You know, there's only one person who speaks Spanish. Everyone else speaks English. What's, I mean, what's the point? Right. And right. it's, it's also, you bring up, um, you made me realize, you know, it's also, we get all these moments of sort of how Kimmy kind of held on to who she was. Um, and that's, that would have been, I think, a very, very, you know, I mean, it read to me very much as that was very much an act of defiance on Doña mm -hmm. Maria's part as well mm -hmm. of like, this was also in addition to, you know, the practical issues you've um, named, Mindy, it also struck me as like very much a way of hanging on to who she is inside of this bunker and who she, where she came from um, and her own identity. Yeah. And just yeah. as a side note, there's actually a joke uh, in the show um, with her name because her name, I'm, I'm, Pretty sure it is Doña Maria. And if her name is Doña Maria, there's actually a famous brand of mole called that. That's um, great. Like, they're actually, it, it, it's not, uh, I don't remember if it's mole or if it's like a type of like chocolate or something like that. But um, yeah, that that made me laugh too because I was like, oh, my mom has like, you know, a That's awesome. flask of that. And then, you know, I see that all the time. And it kind of even looks like the actress, which is hilarious. <laughs> So That's I recommend great. everyone look up the Doña Maria Mole and uh, see what I'm talking about. Like, that's the kind of thing where you're like, that makes you a little, even a little hopeful that they will get better. Because I'm like, that is a really clever joke. Like, you're only going to get that, yeah. that joke if you know what Mindy has told us. If you have that sort of cultural, more of a cultural background. That's great. Oh. Yeah. You know, and I want to make... 
Now I want to make Donnie Maria chicken mole for yes! tonight. Oh, you should. I think they probably like sell it everywhere. It's pretty famous. Um, and that actually brings up a point. I was reading an article. Um, I'll try to find it again, where they were discussing how Kimmy Schmidt has a lot of hidden jokes, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of stuff in the background that like you don't notice. And when I was oh, reading yeah. the article, I was like, I didn't notice that. Like, yeah. I had no idea. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So for people who like hunting down those sort of things, um, there's a lot of hidden jokes. I think the Doña Maria, her name is one of them. Um, and then one of the mole women talks about how like her ancestors or something were banned for for doing something indecent with animals or something ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. later on in the show, um, you see a sign for a town with her last name, and you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Is that wherever all of them went? Like, this explains so much. Um, yeah, and that that the thing about not none of the other mole women learning Spanish while they're in the bunker becomes a running joke for Kimmy every time she interacts with with the, the woman who works in Jacqueline's home. Um, and does not understand anything that the woman says to her and she's always using incorrect spanish to speak back to her <laughs> um which is kind of fun because it, it it continues that like that willful ignorance of yeah oh, no what i'm doing is fine and so we'll just keep going with it <laughs> yeah I, I do hope it comes back in the second season and um, i if that becomes a thing because and i mean talking about this 30 rock it had some really wonderful moments on race. It did do some really cool things with race. Um, but it also had a few episodes that just made me cringe mm-hmm. as well. So I'm like, okay, I, I could honestly see it going either way. I'm like, I could really see it going, getting, I can't, I'm willing to check back in and see if it gets better. Absolutely. I just am also, I can also easily see it not getting any better either. I agree, and I yeah. really hope that it improves on what it built because mm-hmm. I like. I, th- I think that the consensus is that like the first episode wasn't the greatest; it was probably the weakest one in the entire season. But once you get past that, I was hooked. I mean, I mainline oh, yeah. that thing in one day, mm-hmm. and I rarely do that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I well, you know, I I do it a lot, but <laughs> it was like remarkable. Um, I actually walked in. Uh, while someone was watching the pilot and I was kind of like, and I sort of walked through again as they were watching the second episode and I was like, boy, no, I don't think I'm into that. (laughs) Um, But then the next day I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And I watched the whole thing without stopping. um, Cause I got totally hooked. Cause like, like we talked about before, it was that the idea that there's like a, like engaging with the aftermath of trauma. Like that was just so fresh and interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wish that they had matched it with uh, the racial and identity politics. Yeah, I, I, I hope. And, and like we said, I mean, I think even, even Dong is actually like, they seem to be giving him a fair bit of character development. Like in the first episode, he's kind of introduced as that like one note as the like joke. He's real. Oh, he really wants to succeed at school and he delivers food at a Chinese restaurant and his name is slang for penis. Ha ha ha. But they actually do like give him a fair bit of character development and I'm like, I I really hope, I, I 
my dream would be that they would just handle it by having him in the first episode of the next season go, what are you talking about? No, my name is Don. D-O-N. You guys just heard that. Like, that would be my joke. And then they just, my ideal, and then they just move on and never mention it again. <laughs> well, you know, I like the fact um, that they don't treat Dong as the weirdo. It's actually Kimmy mm. who's the weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, everything that she's doing, he just looks at her like, what is your malfunction? Like, yeah. get it together. You yeah. are so strange. And versus, like, with him, it's just like, well, of course. Like, everything he's doing is normal. He has a job and he goes <laughs> to school and he's trying to be responsible. And she's running around looking like, you know, a box of Lisa Frank stickers, like, vomited <laughs> on her. And he's just like, wait, he's no, no yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. He's no weirder. Th- he's no more the weirdo than anyone else on that show is, really. Yeah. They're all just such a collection of lovable weirdos. Yeah. But he is, I think he, uh, aside from the tutor, the very brief love interest tutor, um, <laughs> thankfully disappeared midway through the season. Um, <laughs> he is the most normal of all of the characters, like, yeah. which is so funny when he comes to her party and it's like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> He's got to be surrounded by these complete wackadoos. Oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's such a sweet character. Like, I really hope that they develop him further in the second season. I would really like to see also, because um, a few things we've mentioned have sort of, uh, I think, kind of skated by it. But I would love to see more exploration of class in this show. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's a lot of... Th- it's... There's already a little bit of it going on, I think. There's sort of hints at it. Um, and in, I mean, and I think in terms, I don't know, most American shows don't really engage much on class at all. We don't really have much of a language for class right. um, in America, period. So it may be this is sort of the best it'll do. But I think there's a lot to be done from that angle. I think there's a lot of interesting, like when, you know, when Titus like opens up shows Kimmy her room and it's a closet. I mean, it's, right. you know, it's a walk-in closet. Um, and I was like, yeah, that basically I had people in my last apartment, like, come in and look, I had this really big bathroom. It was like a handicap accessible bathroom. And people came in, I would have guests who had lived in New York and came in and were like, wow, you could rent that bathroom out as its own apartment, basically. <laughs> They're like, that could be a third bedroom if you lived in New York. I was like, oh, wait till you see the closet. Then it's a four bedroom apartment. But yeah, I would love yeah. to see, you know, more. And they sort of hint at it. They talk about it a bit with um, Jacqueline, I think. It's really, mm-hmm. it's never explicitly mentioned, but like that part of what she's so afraid of in her divorce is not she's used to being upper class and she has no real skills at all um, that she knows of or that she believes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to see that. I, Sorry, I'm derailing a bit, but I think like class and race are intertwined in so many really complicated ways in America. It'd be really interesting to see that explored more. Yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, this is just like wish fulfillment, but like for Dong, they could have easily like changed the character a little bit and made him like an incredibly wealthy, like Chinese immigrant student. Oh, that's gosh, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I came to the States to like study, but slacked off and I got kicked out of school and now I'm scared I'm going to get kicked out of the country, but I have obscene oh, amounts God. of money. 
Oh, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. That'd be great. That'd be really great. Oh because my God. I, I want that I sitcom that. now, actually. Yeah, I, I should... see that really often um, for me just because like, so my husband works in, um, in luxury retail. Like he, he works oh, in that wow. field and he sees these kids all of the time yeah. that like are, you know, these Chinese kids that come and to study and they just goof off and slack off and don't really like half of them are really good students. The other ones are just like, I don't know, like popping wheelies in their Lamborghinis oh, or whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. and, like getting kicked out of college. Whatever because, rich kids do. You know? Yeah. Like, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like some of them will just be like, oh, hey, I just got a new car. And like for me, a new car is like, yes, yeah. 2006 Civic. Yeah. yeah. And for these kids, it's like, oh, I have like a 2016 Lamborghini that there's only oh, like God. 200 oh, on geez. the planet. And yeah like that's my life i'm like i want that life yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh god now i want that sitcom mindy i i'm sold i want that sitcom about like oh yeah all right hollywood call us we will the three of us we can we can wrangle up a uh a treatment we can wrangle up a pilot and a few episodes for you give us a call hollywood 